Are you a woman serving in the military and may require a little motivation or support? Or you have a question but not sure of who to ask? Or you just need to know you aren't alone in a male-dominated profession? Well, The Military Woman and So Much More is the podcast for you to be inspired, educated, and motivated to be the best damn leader in and out of uniform. We as military women need to share resources to be taken seriously, make systemic changes, and groom future leaders. Despite our differences, we are stronger together. Join host Sharika Labrie as she speaks from either personal experience as an active duty officer or interviews guests with a variety of successes, challenges, or expert knowledge on topics worthy of discussion. Let's build a network of military women who support each other and continue to be the badasses we are. Here is your host. Hello, lady leaders. Thank you for coming by the Military Woman and so much more podcast. Today's guest, I have a friend of mine, Stephanie Davis. We met back in our first duty station where she separated from the military as a finance officer. So today she's sharing her story of getting out of the military in debt and in 18 months, turning that debt around to becoming a real estate investor. So she offers many of tips as well as resources on her blog, Finances on Point, which we'll talk about more here today. So I hope you enjoy this conversation between two old friends going back and forth as much as I did. Thanks for stopping by. Well, hello, Stephanie. Good morning, my time. Good afternoon, your time. <laughs> Thank you for... <laughs> Ah, coming to the Military Woman and So Much More podcast. Uh, please give the listeners what they want to hear. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your story. Thank you. First, Sharika, it is a pleasure to be on your podcast. You know, we've known each other for some years now. So I'm so proud of you for doing this. I'm, I'm excited that you have me as a guest. I was wondering like, when am I going to be selected for the podcast? So I'm so happy to finally be here. You're one of the elite. <laughs> <laughs> Got your lucky, lucky lottery ticket. Yes, thank no, it's, you it's so the much. other way around for sure. The other way thank around. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. It's a pleasure. And Hi to your audience. My name is Stephanie Davis. I am originally from Columbia, South Carolina. I am a financial educator, a real estate investor, and a child of God. And I became a financial educator um, now pretty much because I made so many mistakes growing up with money. Um, I grew up in a single family household. Um, We didn't talk about money as much, but what I realized is even if you don't talk about money, You learn about money through actions and what you see and what you hear other people talk about. Um, And growing up in a single family household, you know, my mother did the best that she could to raise me, um, but there was no money for college. So I I ended up getting an, an Army ROTC scholarship to Hampton University. And that was my way of pursuing higher education, right? Because we didn't have any money. And my mother was also an Army veteran, my father as well. So our path of what we what we thought we knew was to go into the army to have a better life. So I was commissioned in the army as a finance officer stationed in Korea. And because, you know, like I said, my mother did the best that she could and she provided me with a lot of things, but as a child, you know, you always have these wants that, you know, you're just going to hear no, 
about, right? <laughs> you can't have everything at that nope. point, right? So she had to prioritize and that's what she did. But I remember saying to myself, as an adult, when I start making my own money that nobody will be able to tell me no. And that's exactly what happened. I did not tell myself no. And so Sharika and I, we were laughing about earlier before we started the podcast, but when I went to Korea, that's really where I made most of my mistakes when I was in the army, my first job. Um, Nobody, we didn't talk about money. I just knew that it was guaranteed every couple of weeks and Everybody that I knew was spending it as well. So I bought any and everything that I wanted. We had this nice apartment that the army paid for. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up buying, you know, multiple flat screen TVs. Oh, not Uh, multiple. multiple, (laughs) Because, you know, we had a whole whole apartment. We sure did. Three bedrooms. (laughs) Three bedroom apartment. We're fresh out of three bedroom apartments with flat screen TVs. I bought a piano. I don't even know how to play the piano. That was in my mind, my desire to play the piano. Wait, and Stephanie, let's let's age ourselves. This was when (laughs) flat screen TVs were just coming out. So now you can go to the store because we just bought updated that flat screen TV we bought in Korea. It was like $300. Versus right. the 2000 yes. that I spent. Yes, let's clarify that. <laughs> flat screen TVs back, I, can, I don't even want to say back then, but flat screen TVs <laughs> at a certain time were way more expensive than what they are now. You right? You're to. right about that. Because I didn't pay $200 for the flat screen. It was way more than that. <laughs> I had the credit card for that one. <laughs> So you see what I'm saying? So we've had, we've made the, we went over there and we bought all of this stuff. We made the mistakes and there was this particular part of town where every weekend we would go there and get these purses, right? And I had a closet full of purses, which I don't have anymore because I shouldn't have left all of my money over there. And so I just went on a spending spree. <laughs> Sharika, you're laughing. But I went on a spending spree because Nobody could tell me no. And because I've had this desire of just buying the things that I wanted, right? So um, I transitioned out of the army. So I knew I wasn't going to retire in the army. Um, So I, I left Korea and transitioned into civilian, a civilian job, and then realized that things were a little bit different, right? One, it definitely wasn't a guarantee because the job that I went into um, claimed bankruptcy probably a month after I started working there. Um, I got into this apartment and realized that even though I was making the equal amount of what I was making in the army, the taxes are very different. So they tax, they don't tax as much on military than they do on the civilian side. So I found myself really robbing Peter to pay Paul to stay ahead, to to be able to keep my apartment. I came out and I bought the car that I wanted. Um, I had a car payment that every month I realized the amount that I saved was going down every every month. I was Mm -hmm. taking more out of there. So I had overextended myself. And it took me a minute to really figure this out um, I had to move to move further south because it was cheaper. I had to move further from the city. I'm currently in, um, I, at the time I was in Alexandria, Virginia, but I had to move further out from the city because I needed the breathing room in my 
my finances in order to be able to um, continue to survive here, right? Um, and I remembered back when I was younger, I read this book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, and um, it was an excellent book and great ideas. But here's the thing with what I've understood was that you can read it, but you still have to understand it mm-hmm. and then apply it. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't until, and I remember telling my father after I read this book, because I was so excited about it, how I wanted to own these properties and do all of these things. Um, he asked me, he was just like, I thought you said you wanted to be an apartment owner. Like, I thought you said you wanted to own this real estate. And at this point, I was so much in debt that I was just trying to stay afloat that I realized something has to change, right? The path that I'm on right now is only going to lead me further and further in debt and tied to a job that I don't desire. So in order for me to change this, I have to do something different. So I put together a plan to pay off the debt. Um, I put together a plan with that paying off the debt, my credit score increased. Mm -hmm. And then I was able to um, purchase a rental property in South Carolina. And we can get into, you know, that piece too, if you want to. But I essentially put myself in a position where now I can use my resources to purchase additional resources, which can free up my time and then remove the financial stress right? Mm -hmm. To be able to expand into other areas that I knew it was out there, but didn't think it was possible for me. And so I put together um, a blog. Yeah, I didn't mention that as well, but I'm the creator of Finances on Point. Um, And it is a financial empowerment community where I talk to women and teach women about how to use your resources one, to remove the financial stress, pay off debt, and make your money work for you so you can live life on your terms, right? And so I realized that as I was struggling through um, the finances, my girlfriends and my family, we were all doing the same thing, but we just weren't talking about it. Mm -hmm. So this was my way of removing the shame on learning about finances and doing what we should be doing, which is financial stewards of the resources that we have um, in order to be able to free ourselves from this unnecessary stress. Ooh, okay. That's a lot of information. That um, was a long bite. No, that was good though. <laughs> so let's back up. Let's back up to, so you were in debt and then you were like, okay, something needs to change. So what were some of the first things that you started to implement? You know, you didn't look for, you didn't change jobs with higher pay, right? No, you had the same job. Um, you the 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 one thing that I did hear you say you moved to something that uh, was a, a little bit more affordable, so you wouldn't have to pull out your savings. Um, what <laughs> were some of the steps that you first did to to start removing that debt? Yeah, so the first thing really is to to one understand where you are, mm-hmm. right? You have to be able to face the numbers mm-hmm. and identify some of the things that were causing you to get into that pattern. So once I wrote down where all my debts were, looked at some of the transactions, I realized where I was spending my money, right? Um, I was spending my money on clothes. I was spending my money on going out to eat. Mm -hmm. Um, I was spending my money on trips and things like that. And all of those things, there's nothing wrong with those things, right? But you just have to put them in the order of priorities of Mm -hmm. your values, right? And so I realized that 
I didn't need as many clothes as I was out there buying because I could wear the clothes that I have, right? Mm -hmm. And when I needed to, when I really, really needed something, I could prioritize that. You just have to make sure that you plan for it ahead Mm -hmm. of time, right? And then um, I purchased the things that I had in my house. I started to sell things on Amazon. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. one thing about that decluttering, like letting go Mm-hmm. of what the things that you no longer need or no longer serve you in mm-hmm. order to free yourself for the new that can come into your life. So I sold a lot of things on Amazon as mm-hmm. well, um, which was, a, it was a pretty good experience because now one, I got rid of stuff, but I also use that money to apply it to my debt. Okay. Um, and I got rid of cable and I actually still don't have cable. Me either. But Okay, good. Yeah, I I realized that one, I don't I don't watch a lot of TV, mm-hmm. but I have a they've upgraded the antenna so you don't have to do the bunny ears anymore. That's <laughs> probably old school too, right? But they they upgraded the antenna so you don't have to do that. And you have internet, so there's so many shows that you can right. watch now without having cable. Mm-hmm. Um so for me, it wasn't a priority for me to have cable. So I did. Mm-hmm. Um I cooked more at home. And what I realized is that once you set up a money plan or a budget, right? Once you allocate to the specific areas, stick to that. I also use cash during that time because I realized that for me, continuously swiping, um, it, it just, that's not where I was at that time. I needed to create the discipline and the boundaries to use cash at that point in time. Um, and let's see what else. I followed it and I tracked it, meaning that I set the goal and when I would pay off the debt, I would track it. And once you have some momentum with that, then you're able to see the progress. Right. Um, I did not completely deprive myself. I, mm-hmm. I don't believe in that, right? Because I think that you can go on a binge diet mm-hmm. and where you're like completely, I'm not going to spend anything put a little bit aside for that as well, right? So that way you can just, you know, do that. You can satisfy that, but you've already paid down what you said you were going to pay for your debt and you commit to that amount every month and don't create more debt. That's the thing. So how long from the time that you made this plan did you were you able to invest in your first property? It was 18 months. That is quick. I mean, I'm like, was your debt $5? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it was like 40, 45,000, 45,000. Okay. So, uh, 18 months from, you know, I, man, I have all this debt made my plan. Now I'm invested in my first, you know, rental property. So did you have money that you were saving for this down payment of the rental property or or how, how did you get your funding for the first rental? I did have, I did have some savings, but you also have to have what I call now an opportunity fund. So I didn't Mm -hmm. use that money per se for the rental property. And Mm -hmm. I would say during the 18 months Mm -hmm. was a journey of transformation, Mm -hmm. meaning I wasn't the same spender Stephanie that I was that got into it. So as I was paying off the debt, my value started to change. My focus started to change on having the rental property as well. One thing that, um, I didn't mention was I used my VA loan to buy a property. And for those that I guess your, your audience is military, so mm-hmm. you can relate to the VA loan. Mm-hmm. Um, during that time, I was able to refinance my house to get a lower payment. 
mm-hmm. uh, but I was also able to take some cash out. Okay. So yeah. I knew that the bank will tell you, you can use this cash to redo your bathroom, redo mm-hmm. your kitchen, all of that. But I did not do that. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. used that money to put down on the rental property mm-hmm. down in South Carolina. Yes. And the Stephanie beforehand would have went on a nice trip, with, <laughs> right? <laughs> I would have had some nice bags from it, (laughs) Um, but I I changed through that process. So Mm -hmm. I use that money and a portion of money that I've saved Mm -hmm. um, in order to put down on the rental property. And that takes discipline. Yeah. Yeah. That takes takes discipline discipline and buying smart. So you bought a house with equity in it. That's, you know, that's what you did. And because a lot of people, again, one of the things they do with VA loan or other loans is like, oh, I got this much approved. You know, let me go buy this much house. And Mm -hmm. that's why we had the 2008 crash that we did uh, because people were going over their means, really. Um, So you bought a house that had equity that you were able to refinance. You got that money back and then you did what a smart investor or a knowledgeable investor, I should say, does and put that money into something else that's going to make you more money so you can keep repeating that process. I'm guessing that's what you did. Yes. Mm -hmm. So how many rentals do you have now? So I have two duplexes and Mm -hmm. a townhome. Okay. Um, So five doors, three properties. Okay. That's good. All in South Carolina? No, one here in Northern Virginia and then two in South Carolina. Yep. Okay. Uh, have you checked out this market post or we're not post COVID, but COVID? <laughs> oh, it is a very different market now. Um, the market is very intense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've yeah. been putting in several offers, but, you know, mm-hmm. being outbid, a lot of people going over asking. Mm-hmm. And we talked about like, there's so much money in the system right now. It's so much money circulating right now. Um, and, you know, I, I think some of the purchases are a little irrational. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe I that, you know, you look there, there is a diamond in the rough somewhere where you can find a good deal. Um, so I don't want to, you know, deter anybody from looking and trying, but the numbers need to make sense and they yes. haven't made sense for me. Right. In the market yes. right now. So what are you doing? What, what would you advise people to, to do who, you know, who isn't currently doing anything with their money, continue to just stay on the budget or just any tips for, for today, money for today? Money for today, definitely you want to know your numbers, right? Mm-hmm. You want to make sure that you do have your opportunity fund where you have three to six months of funding set aside. Um, if your employer has a 401k, you want to look into making sure that you're contributing to that. But, and if you have additional money to keep going, if your employer has a Roth 401k, you want to consider that as well. And so that is, so you pay your taxes up front now, um, so that when it's time to take the money out, you've already paid the taxes on it. Um, one of the things that, you know, we have to consider now in our current environment is the tax rate is so low, right? Based on the previous administration that changed the tax structure. And they can't stay low forever. They won't stay low forever for different things that's going to happen in the economy with social security and Medicaid and Medicare and all of those things that the government has to pay for. Um, So it, you know, you may want to consider taking advantage of the lower rate now vice getting hit with a a higher tax bill in the future. Um, You also have, if you have, you know, additional to do a Roth IRA, 
And then, so all of those are retirement accounts that you can look into, but definitely you can look at in regular after-tax investment accounts, which is you open an account at Vanguard, for example, Fidelity, and get in some EFTs, um, exchange-traded funds there to just have your money working in the market. Um, but you definitely have to speak with someone about it because you understand your risk tolerance as well. When you invest in the market, there is no guarantee right? There is no guarantee. So you just want to be able to, but in order to have any type of return, you have to participate. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. Yeah. Know what you know, where your money's going, right? Right. Right. Hmm. Are you investing in anything else? I, I know my husband is talking about, what is it? Bitcoin? Bitcoin. Bitcoin. I, I'm hearing it's tripling, whatever. And I feel like I'm behind on stuff, but I, I can only focus <laughs> on a couple of things at a time. Right. <laughs> right. Actually, and so many people have asked me about Bitcoin. And so uh-huh. I said, okay. And and really, um, I first found out about it maybe years ago. And I mm-hmm. remember talking to somebody and I was like, what is this? Like, it just right. doesn't make sense. So um, as really within the last couple of years, a lot of people have been asking me about it. So I was like, okay, I need to figure something out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I currently, I am watching the market for Bitcoin. Um, mm-hmm. I'm currently not invested in Bitcoin. However, um, I will. I will, because I believe in the future. Now, this is not investment advice for anyone, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> the way the market is going, though, um, this will become a digital society mm-hmm. and, um, you know, things will change. And Bitcoin may be that opportunity to get in early into what, um, you know, kind of what's similar to what the gold rush was back in that time, right? Mm-hmm. So this may be that opportunity to do it, but definitely there are a lot of YouTube videos out on it. Um, They have a Netflix documentary, I want to say, about Mm -hmm. Bitcoin and understanding the history of it. And you have people out there mining for Bitcoins and things Mm -hmm. like that. I'm not mining for Bitcoins, but there are are people (laughs) who are doing that. (laughs) And uh, it may pay off for them. It may pay off. Um, But yes, I would just say, just start to pay attention to it, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Pay attention to it. And because I I do think eventually the market is shifting and the world is changing so fast Mm -hmm. now. So we can't just rely on what we've been doing and thinking that that is going to be the way of the future. Right. No, I I totally agree. Like the, even investing in, in homes now, it's just like, this is the new standard of, of the how how much we'll pay in houses like it's not going down you know people yeah. who are overpaying are are setting those limits for sh- are setting the new standards now of how much houses are going to be worth um and that happened sure. very fast it, it sure did like overnight oh my god very fast um oh yeah a lot of a lot of things played into that um mm-hmm. with the pandemic and people not moving and right. you know, government policies and things like that. Um, Even with the real estate investing, I was talking to a friend um, and I was, you know, talking to him about that real estate investing now is turning into an Airbnb Uh, type of business now. Like Airbnb is the new options trading for real Mm -hmm. estate investors. Right. Um, Because people are seeing the returns multiplied. Right. Right. And then even then, you don't even have to own it yourself. Like if- You know, yes. we, we are even, we have a couple of apartments and um, we're doing the same thing where uh, a friend wants to try it out. We're like, hey, just pay us the bottom line rent. So we're just getting rent 
where she gets all, mm-hmm. you know, the, the advantages are all the income from the Airbnb. So that yeah. could be way more than what we're yes. getting rent. But I mean, it's doable. I know there's some people who've caught on like, oh no, you can't be written to other people, you know, but uh, there are some, you know, owners out there who's just looking just to get the bottom mortgage paid yes. in, and they're happy to rent out their place for you who wants to do an Airbnb. So it's yeah. definitely a way to get your feet wet without any type of, you know, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, by decreasing the risk, I, I guess you can say. Yeah, because you don't own it. And actually, I I didn't I didn't know about that business model until someone approached me about it. Oh, somebody. Oh, see, <laughs> like, hey, you have this like, apartment. <laughs> Do you mind? And you, I would say yes, but go half. Be like, well, you can't take all the money. <laughs> right. No, I, I didn't. So one of the ones, one of the apartments that I had, I we are turning it into an Airbnb. Okay, we're, gonna, okay. we're gonna test it out on that. But this one I had already said that I was going to rent it out, and I had somebody already apply oh. for it. So I wanted to honor my word with that. But they were really like, I will pay you more than what they, you know, wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. It's, it's that type of is yeah, that type market. of game now. And then the unintended consequence of that is, is that it's also going to compress the rental market, mm-hmm. right? So we we're seeing kind of the battles between or the, the bidding multiple bids with buying a house is going to be like that for renters as well, especially mm-hmm. as more people, the more people turn turn it into Airbnb and then the supply could be limited and those that need an actual That's true. That is true. Yeah, yeah. It's always, it's always a domino kind of effect somewhere. You're hurting mm-hmm. somebody at some point of time. Um, mm-hmm. in that type of, I know, Woo, man, it's a business. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, that was the first time. And he, he told me that he was like, they are, multimillionaires out here on Airbnb that don't own any real estate. Yeah. Don't own any real estate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, food for thought for sure. Yeah. So definitely something to try if you're interested in, in investing in properties. Mm-hmm. So how is the blog going? So the blog is on a break right now. Um, and and you understandably, know, we, you had a, a lot of action in COVID. Yeah, yeah. On um, before the before we started recording, I was telling you about um, my transformation. Mm-hmm. You're in 2020 with um, COVID impacting my family, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I took a hiatus really from everything. And I, I took some time to really center myself and commune with God and build my relationship with him and expand my faith. Mm-hmm. So for your audience, my mother um, experienced COVID um, and it turned from you know, one day being fine to the next 50 days in the hospital with three weeks on life support. Um, And during that time, I stopped work completely and my family rallied around me. My friends rallied around me and and we prayed and we stood on faith and we saw God completely heal her, heal her um, from when the doctors couldn't understand what it was Um, they said it was a miracle and they asked like, what did we do? And we said, we prayed, we prayed and we saw it. We saw it before it happened. And trust me, that was, was a hard experience, right? Because the mind will allow you to see with your natural eyes, but faith requires you to see 
outside of what you can see with your natural eyes. It'll, your natural eyes and your natural ears will hear the reports from the doctors. They'll hear the diagnosis, they'll hear the statistics, they'll hear the news, they'll tell you the prognosis, but your faith has to, your faith gives you the evidence to know that anything is possible. And it showed me that, that they called us in on her birthday as a for an end of life visit. And by the grace of God, she is still here. I remember looking up at the doctor and I told her, I was like, God has the final say. And it was a peace that came over me because I didn't walk in there that strong, right? <laughs> I didn't walk in there that strong. I walked in a little bit defeated, um, but I saw, I saw it. And so I've been completely changed with that. Um, I've shared my testimony on um, the Instagram account that's still up there. And so I am allowing, allowing God to lead me on that. Um, but I do know that it's important to continue to teach women about yeah. finances because it, it impacts our lives, right? Like if we're in this world, we're going to have to deal with money. And a lot of times we allow money to stress us out mm -hmm. and put money in a position of power mm -hmm. where money is not power, right? right. We, we are the powerful ones. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we reverse that dynamic and be financial stewards of the resources that we have so that we can be then entrusted with more, to be able to give more, to be able to live more, to be able to share more and all of that. So, yeah, so I am, I, I you know, I'm prayerful about it. it. It's still there. The content is still there, um, but definitely we'll be back soon. Okay. And we're looking forward to it, especially with such a strong testimony in your belief. I mean, I, I and so for the, 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 the listeners, Stephanie has always been um, organized, professional, and like, she always, if she didn't think she had stuff together, which apparently she didn't, <laughs> when I knew her, she acted like it. Okay. So she, she put on a strong front uh, that, stuff was great and and she had her stuff together so it's funny that I hear her story now like oh for real you you, you living on all doing that and peanut butter and jelly <laughs> but I mean but with that said like so Stephanie what I admired most about Stephanie Stephanie always I mean when I met her she was like oh I'm getting out right and I'm like for real like I, I always thought about it like four years is gonna be it and then you know I, mm -hmm. here I am more than that looking forward to retirement but yeah, Stephanie, like, how were you so sure? Like, you even said your parents were were in the military mm -hmm. and you were just like, it paid my, my scholarship and I did my time and that was it. So was the military anything that you actually wanted to do? Because I like what you said. It was what we knew to, to as a step forward, right, of a better life, right? That's what we kind of grew up with. You either go to college, which you did. Uh, but to go to college, you had to go to the military to pay for yes. it, <laughs> or you went to the military. Like that's kind mm -hmm. of, you know, that was the thing. Right? And then if you went to college, you were going to be a doctor, a lawyer, yeah. a teacher, nurse, you know, mm -hmm. was kind of that typical career trajectory. So mm -hmm. how did you know, how did you know that you wanted to get out? I, Cause I know people struggle with this, this question all the time. Yeah. So here's what I told myself. <laughs> I said, <laughs> I see other people out here doing it. They're surviving. I can do it as well. Mm -hmm. And if I don't like it, I can come back. Okay. Yes. That's oh my God. That is so true. If I don't like it, it ain't going nowhere. I can come <laughs> back. That's literally Army, what I said. I, I was going to give my, huh? Uh -huh. 
No, go ahead. I was going to give myself two years, uh-huh. two years. And if it was just a train wreck, then I'd be like, okay, I can just, I'll join again. Uh-huh. Um, but as you can see, I didn't. You did I, I didn't. I, you know, even they talked to me about doing the reserves. Uh-huh. I didn't. I, I just wanted to um, completely cut ties, really. And so the military, I will say, the military prepared me in so many ways to be so confident in the next endeavor. Mm-hmm. And so because, you know, we were in the military at such a young age, they gave us so much responsibility, mm. right? The military does not play with certain <laughs> things. <laughs> so there were a lot of things I, I just did not try and test because my career was on the line. Mm-hmm. And I knew it was important to get a, an honorable discharge, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the leadership opportunities, the level of experience, the expectation that you had, the camaraderie of it, the taking care of soldiers. So I believe, and, and knowing that in any assignment, because the army also requires you to move and it's an up or out culture, right? right? You either get better or you're out. And, and so I, I learned that you know, coming into the civilian side, or I learned it in the military, but in the civilian side, I applied it because I realized if I am competent in my craft, I can go anywhere. Mm. I can go in, I can, because I'm providing the service and the military, they give you, you got the resources, you apply yourself, you know that you're capable, Mm -hmm. right? And so you can give, you can take your skills and your talents to any job and be an asset there. And the one thing that with the leadership piece of it from the military is the taking care of people. And I will say, I'm not going to say that my transition was easy Mm. because I definitely struggled a bit with it because I had to figure a lot of things out on my own, Mm -hmm. right? I had to learn corporate America and not necessarily have a mentor or a guide along the way. Um, I had to get used to the fact where corporate America was focused on the bottom line and not really taking care of people. Mm. I, I struggled with that a lot because I'm just like, we didn't, we didn't treat each other like this. Like we were a family. That's how mm-hmm. I felt in my unit. Like we were a family and as me as the commander, I would take care of my soldiers, period. Mm-hmm. And that that didn't stop with just the job. It was if they needed support in this particular area, I it was my responsibility to make sure they had the resources. Coming outside of the military, it was almost like I had to flap and figure that out. Um, but then I realized that I had to be the change that I wanted to see. Right. So I had to bring those attributes to my job with Mm -hmm. me. I love that. Did you have a mentor while you were in the military that you can, anyone specifically that you can think of? I did. And I don't know if it will be like officially a mentor, but definitely a sponsor. Okay. Meaning my commander at the time, um, you know, he he would, you know, guide us through different training exercises or when I wasn't doing something to the optimum level would give me guidance on that. But then more importantly, he gave me an opportunity. He okay. gave me an opportunity to command at a very young age. Yeah. Right? So yeah. he entrusted me with that responsibility and coached me along the way. Um, and so I would say that 
that was the sponsorship and mentorship that I needed and was grateful to receive during my military career. Okay. And I, I only asked you because it was just what you said, you so many times and I, as I keep stumbling on my words, cause I'm trying to find the right words to say, but, um, you know, you hear like, oh, I just feel like I'm just a number, you know, that I can be replaced because mm-hmm. there's so many people after me, before me that can do my job. So to hear that you said that in the military, you felt like there was an actual family, you know, and as a commander yourself, you took care of your soldiers in, you know, in work and after work hours and transitioning to the civilian sector, that wasn't necessarily filling. And a lot of people, I think, kind of mm-hmm. get confused. Are there some cloud, cloud, uh, um, cloudliness. Ah, <laughs> sorry, listeners, my mouth is all tongue tied today. <laughs> but there's some disillusion, I guess, that there, it's better in the civilian sector, or at least with camarad. I don't even know if it's camaraderie, but mm-hmm. that you have the. I don't know what it is. I, I guess it's just hard to compare apples to oranges when you've never had the orange before. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> you're trying yeah. to make that comparison and and figure out what it's like in the civilian sector. And it depends on your experience in the military as well. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. And I I would probably say that it probably was a little bit different because we were in Korea. And in Korea, everybody that's there is probably in the military and kind of this is who we know. Um, The things that we do are on the base. and, it, and it's a smaller environment. If you're in the States, it may be a little bit different because people are spread out. You know, they have their family. Another thing is in Korea, you know, people, some people had their families, but there were a lot of people who didn't have their families. So we created communities um, there as well. So, but I will say in the military, they, cre- they create this environment where you really can live in a bubble. Mm-hmm. Honestly, you can do a lot of things on the base. You don't have to leave the base if you don't want to, right? No. You can shop, you can go to school, you can buy things, you can do everything on the base there and create like your own network. Um, in the civilian world, you really have to put that community and network together. Oh man, Stephanie, that you hit it right on the mark. So yes, there's a difference between being stationed in Oconus versus Conus for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the level of, you know, involvement that you have with people that you're working with. And yes, military is definitely a bubble, especially for people who are coming right out of college, right? Mm-hmm. And from one bubble to another bubble of the military. And that is one of the reasons that I wanted to do this podcast, because there's so much more that we can be doing. And the military does make it hard to yeah. really extend your network out of the military, right? Because we move every two to three years. Sometimes it's just like, what's why? Why is it even worth it (laughs) to make these friends that I'm going to be losing or involve myself in the community. And I think it's really important to get out of that bubble because then your feelings might get hurt or you might get disappointed when you don't broaden your, your sense of, of just your, just your sense at all, (laughs) just getting into the community and meeting people outside of the military who are doing things. And, oh man, that was one of the reasons that I was getting out because we had met such a strong networking community. I mean, a, a lot of them were retired, but um, some weren't that were local. But um, yeah, that was doing way more than just what the military kind of limits you in doing your job at that moment. And then you move on to another job and yes. never really able to hone in on who you are and who mm-hmm. you can be. Oh, my gosh. So um, 
wow. Yeah. And my eyes have been opened. (laughs) I'm like, I'm so much more than just the military, you know, and I've loved the, what is brought to my life. And, uh, I do enjoy being a nurse, but yet it, it is a stepping stone to always, it should always be a stepping stone to something more, something that's, that you are capable of and that you enjoy. And you found that. And yes. like you said, though, for anyone that's on the fence, it's not going anywhere. You know, just come back. <laughs> come back. <laughs> but if there's something that you really want to try out and, and the door of opportunity has opened for you, try it out because you never want to find yourself thinking, oh my God, what if, what if I went that way? Mm-hmm. You know, and, mm-hmm. and here you are like, like I was year 14, 15, like, oh, you know, and I'm still, I, I, I'm still like, man, what if we would have, what if we would have stayed here or stayed there? What would life look like now? Mm-hmm. You know, so it, that's not, that's, it's a good way to live, I guess, but not an optimal way of living. Of yeah, But look, you're still here now. So yeah. you have the choice now, right? You right. have the option right now. So the decisions that you made in the past, like those are already behind. So it mm-hmm. really is, well, what are you going to do with this opportunity right now? Absolutely. Now that you know, are you going to do something different, right? And we yeah. do know. And I think with the with the internet, with your podcast, with, with all of this, like it's showing us that it's so much bigger and you have a lot of opportunities mm. at your fingertip. Mm-hmm. You just have to execute. Execute. Yeah. So what would you tell your younger self? you know, now that you know what you know, you've seen what you've seen, what would you tell your, your younger self? All those dreams that you had mm-hmm. can be a reality. Mm. I do believe dreams and visions are given to you exclusively for mm. you to bring it forth into this world because mm-hmm. nobody else can share your dream. You saw it, right? Right. And, and that's why it's important to not let other people diminish your dream and your vision, because it was exclusively for you to deliver here on this earth. Um, As far as resources, I know you kind of talked about um, having resources available to you. What are some resources that you would, that you can think of that you like to share books, people, um, podcasts, uh, websites, whatever, anything that you think is it's most useful for uh, the listener. Um, I guess it depends on where they are in their journey. Mm-hmm. Um, they can definitely. I and I enjoy. A, there's so much a wealth of knowledge in books, a wealth of knowledge in podcasts. Um, definitely focus. Um, and I don't know everyone's, um, you know, faith and and but my faith and my belief um, is in Jesus. And so what I've been learning on this journey um, is that a lot of the books that I've been reading, a lot of the success books on how to do these things, how to live your life and things like that, a lot of it has already been written in the Bible. And so I've been spending a lot of time um, learning that and realizing that, wait a minute, I read this before, but they didn't reference it here, right? Um, So whatever path that you're on, you know, it took me a minute to get there. Um, I read a lot of books on faith. I read a, a lot of books on mindset. Um, and that kind of drew me to where I am now, but it met me where I was. So definitely understanding the power of your mind, 
knowing that you are powerful. So I would definitely read books on mindset, about changing your mindset, about knowing that your visions is, is for you um, if you believe it, right? If you believe it. And you have to have that internal belief to know that you're already equipped to do it. Oh, yes, absolutely. Mindset. That's a big one. It is. And a lot of people don't want to address that, right? right? They, they want to focus on the doing and, you know, whatever the end result of it is. Mm-hmm. But when we peel back the layers, we'll realize that the reason why I was doing this or the reason why I'm in this position is mm-hmm. because of what I originally believe. The reason yeah. why I was in so much debt before was because I told you about the thought that nobody could tell me no. Um, right. And that also I was filling a void and definitely in Korea, I was mm-hmm. filling a void of, I would say almost loneliness, mm-hmm. right? So it mm-hmm. was the purchasing to feel a void of the expectation of this new thing. But then I realized eventually, I realized that the new things weren't filling the void. That's why you have to keep doing it. Right. That's why you have to keep doing it. And so right. you realize that that wasn't it, right? right. That wasn't it. And, and that's and it's very hard to do to really peel back those layers because you're going to a time that you didn't even think you remembered. You know, this could be a childhood memory. So yeah, I mean, reading books is good. And I, I am definitely culprit of seeing a therapist to really help, you know, bring those memories up of why do you believe what you believe? Yes. And, and, and they really help you talk through those, those moments, you know. Uh, that you didn't even know was something that is affecting you now. <laughs> yes. And so, what we hold in ourselves as true. That's yeah. what we believe to be true. And we'll defend those things that are not serving us. Right. We'll right. defend them. And it's just like, no, this doesn't have to be the story. Mm-hmm. We can change this right now. Absolutely. And you find peace with yourself. You find peace of how you deal with other people. So, but it is definitely something to learn and continue to learn because things always come up and it, and it is nice to just be like, ah, you know, that's why I'm thinking that, or that's why I'm doing that. Huh? Yep. So Stephanie, is there anything else you would like to add or tell the audience that we haven't talked about? Oh, wow. Um, just, you are here on purpose mm-hmm. for a purpose. Mm for a purpose. And so that is your job and your responsibility to figure out what that is and to do it and to serve this world because there are no mistakes here, right? You are not a mistake. You're here on purpose for a purpose. All right. Well, there you have it, listeners. That was Stephanie Davis. You can find her on www.financesonpointright.com. Uh, yes. And she offers a wealth of information. Any other way that uh, the listeners can can contact you, Stephanie? Yeah, you can check us out on Instagram as well. It's also at finances on point underscore. So definitely check us out there. Sign up for the email list. I have a freebie out there, mm-hmm. um, 20 ways that you can improve your money. Um, so go check that out as well. All right. Thank you, Steph. Thank you. If you are enjoying the podcast, please comment and keep updated on the Military Woman and So Much More Facebook group or at the Military Woman on Instagram. Also, leave a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast and thank you for your support.